Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%. APR, 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. 8.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Tuesday, September 25th. I'm Doug Norrie. That is <laughs> James Davis. I like your hype voice, by the way. I'm just giggling because it's like there's a lot of hype in the voice. Yeah, I'm getting my radio voice kind of practiced. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I was also it. feeling down about something else this morning, so I'm trying to get myself the energized. And I figure. Oh, I thought you were going to send this tape over to, to ESPN or maybe, you know. <laughs> Daily Fantasy Cafe or somebody yeah, like else. My sizzle reel? Yeah, this is, a, this, is my, this is my sizzle reel that I'm going to send over. Daily, uh, Daily Fantasy Sports Rankings.com is the site. James, tell us the new um, the new oh. link for podcast listeners. To Dude, go I forgot there. all about the new deal for podcast listeners. So here's what we're doing. We know a lot of people are listening to the show who aren't necessarily website visitors, and that's cool. It makes sense. You're on the road. You can't dedicate your whole life to DFS the way some of us can, and that's awesome. But we also know that probably if you're just listening to this podcast and trying to make lineups just based on what you hear here, two uses of the word here, just threw me off for a second, based on what you hear, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So what we're doing is offering our podcast listeners a special deal. Uh, you get the same trial that everyone else can get three days, uh, but you also can get a reduced price, a reduced lifetime price on your account of $5 off. So a normal package, which is $29.95 a month, can go down to $24.95 a month. And you can access that by going to dfsr.com slash deals, dfsr.com slash deals. We get that podcast only deal that this that's offers not available anywhere else. Uh, you can go out there and check it out right now. So go, go do it. Sign up. It shows us that, you know, the, doing the podcast actually helps. So if you like hearing the podcast and that's a useful tool for you too. Uh, let's us know that it's totally worth our time from a business perspective, too. Good stuff. We're going to talk about week three in the NFL. Crazy week. Um, I, I After week two, that was kind of like, eh, blah, not, we learned some stuff. Um, it Nothing was all that, you know, nothing really stood out too crazy outside of the normal, you know, not more than, than a normal NFL week. This week, I think, really did kind of flip over in terms of just, I, I can't even explain some of these things. I'm going to start here. So there's a, the big one, I think, or the biggest one in terms of just from an overall team perspective, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets a, uh, tears his ACL, looks like he tears his MCL possibly too on a non-contact play where he's scrambling out of bounds and his knee buckles and in the state of this current sports mm. world and NFL, when that happens, uh, you kind of just know what it is, right? Like there are times where a guy will come back, but when that non-contact leg kind of kicks out and and you crumple into a heap and then you're carted off the field. It sure seems like nine times out of a 10 out of 10. That is the end of your season. And that is the case with Garoppolo. He goes down the San Francisco 49ers. The season really couldn't have gone any worse from an injury perspective at this point. They lose Not McKinnon, a great start. To start the, McKinnon to start the season. They lose Goodwin in week one. I mean, he came back last week and then they lose Garoppolo. They're, essentially when you lose him, your season, I'd say by all accounts is effectively over. I mean, I don't know what we do. I mean, from a, from a fantasy perspective, I you just got to downgrade everybody in the team and kind of call it a day, right? Yeah, I mean, it becomes a stay away. Like, I think the whole team just becomes a stay away until we can get a little bit more information. Yeah, I feel real bad for Jimmy G. I, came, I never played professional football, of course, but one time in college, uh, all my friends were jumping off this balcony into a huge pile of snow mm-hmm. from the second floor. 
and just follow me for a second because you'll see how it relates. Yep. And uh, I went up. I was going over to take my turn, climbed over the railing, foot got snagged a little bit, a little bit of snow. Yeah. Non non contact knee injury for me, and I was sidelined from jumping off the balcony into the snow for for months. It yeah. seemed like I, I missed the whole season of being able to do that, and it was brutal. So you should you know, put that in your get well card. Then. I know how disappointing that can be. <laughs> if you're writing a get well to card to him, you should write that story out because I'm sure you'd appreciate hearing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So. The San Francisco 49er line drops something like six and a half or seven points on the Garoppolo news, uh, or like their implied their average implied total this season to what they're coming in this week. Um, which I saw someone tweet about it yesterday. Uh, that makes him just basically one of the most valuable players in the whole league. Like if you're worth seven points to your team uh, on any given day, that you know, in terms of just like, you know, value over replacement or whatever, uh, there's very few other players are going to see that kind of one player to the next player drop and they see that from 49ers. So uh, unfortunately, that's the way it is. They come in with less than 20 implied points on the week. Uh, yeah, they're going to play the Chargers. Um, they have 18 points. I don't think we have to make too much of a big deal. Now, I'm wondering what kind of deal we make about the Vikings. So the Vikings are 16 and a half point home favorites going into Sunday. And that is wiped off. I mean, immediately, the, the, the chance of them covering is wiped off within the, basically the first, I don't know, two and a half yeah, minutes. It was two touchdowns game. within like the first two drives, right? Right. And then, <laughs> and then I, Buffalo just keeps their foot on the gas and just kills them. Like, I don't even know. It's one of the biggest upsets from just a line perspective. And then the final score, I think maybe almost in football history. Um, it, it just, it's just so crazy to have. It crushes everyone. If you're doing survivor pools, like that probably knocked out it's like 75% of the remaining people in your survivor pool uh, if you're still doing those. But, um, you know, what do we make of a Vikings team, excuse me, that we really like from a fantasy perspective? Uh, we, I mean, Latavius Murray was obviously chalk going into the week, 90% start. So his bad game doesn't really kill you from a cash perspective. If you fade him in GBPs, if you're underweight on him, then uh, you likely, uh, that was just already the jumping off point for probably cashing. But what do we make of the Vikings when you turn in just like such a horrendous performance? Everything about what they did was horrible. I mean, Dalvin Cook can't matter this much. Um, it, where does it, does it tell us anything? Or is it just such an outlier game that you can't make anything of it? I, I have a, I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around just how bad a game this was for a team that is fantasy relevant. All right, so I don't think we care for starters for like actual football purposes. Like the Vikings can be good or bad; it doesn't really matter that much for DFS. I mean, certainly, you know, they were a, a popular "quote unquote" safe defense last week, and I think obviously, you know, you and I—I I don't know if we had this conversation on the podcast or not—but it's like people can just take their safe defenses and stuff them in a sack. It just doesn't really work out that way, and there's a reason why you just can't pay up at defense for the most part because, like. There's there's a rare equivalent of like the like Todd Gurley could have never underperformed to the degree that the Vikings defense did, barring injury. You know, just someone who was like consensus the safest uh, sort of option there. So you know, you can play the defense. The defense is probably still good. I, I think they probably weren't schemed for uh, Allen just running all over them. You know, like that just probably caught them off guard and kind of threw their whole game plan into a state of disarray. Um, from a fantasy purposes perspective, I think we got great information about Adam Thielen. I mean, the man had 19 targets. Granted, <laughs> Minnesota uh, might not be down as much as they were down here going into the future, but the fact that you can get 19 targets out of him, you know, again, maybe a little bit disconcerting that you only get the uh, 14 catches for 105 yards off the 19 targets, but 19 targets is a very, very reassuring sign that that's the plan, definitive plan going forward. And then uh, Diggs, you know, kind of had a 
a disappearing act. Had 10 targets, but just for four catches in that 17 yards. So I think we're seeing a more conservative scheme out of them overall, even as they were down by a lot. Um, and some of that was the Bills defensive line, uh, just, just crushing the pass protection, basically. But, you know, I, I think we can't rely on them. If they couldn't hold up against the Bills defense, I don't think we can rely on them uh, for a lot of downfield stuff going forward. So, yeah, still like Thielen, probably off digs and uh, maybe off Cousins, too. I don't know. How about you? Uh, well, they play Thursday night this week. They are six-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Rams. So uh, I, it's probably good that yeah, this game is following, on, mm-hmm. is following on just the Thursday-only slate. I will say that their 21-point implied total is probably two-and-a-half points lower than it would have been had they not just torn, turned in this like, epically bad performance. I think this spread probably is a little closer. It's always weird with these Thursday games, uh, the quick turnaround times. The Rams obviously still look very good, so maybe, this, maybe the line would have been in, right in this range. But I do suspect that uh that influenced some of people's maybe decisions about about minnesota going forward and maybe we see look we see correct over corrections all the time nfl is a short season the sample sizes take you know in some ways the sample you, you don't need much for some kind of sample size like you don't need um you know like for, so some things let me talk about sample sizes for football real quick some sample size things regress pretty quickly like opportunity right like uh, outside of injury we can make, I would say, pretty strong determinations about what opportunity is for given players based on mm-hmm. three weeks of football. So that's kind of sample size stuff is not something I worry about. I'm not like, oh, you know, like I, I need five weeks to figure out how the team's going to use somebody. That's not really within a range, right? Like within a bell curve range of you know, nine targets compared to seven compared to 11, something like that. But things that do take a little while are... You know how many touchdowns you're going to score on how many on how often you touch the ball how many yards you're going to gain uh and how often you touch the ball so um from that point i don't want to go crazy on what the vikings is like what is going to happen for them going forward and i'm with you that the opportunity seems like for our our purposes doesn't really change all that much does that make sense so i'm because like, i've heard people mention sample size in football and i i try to caution people that's not every piece of not every statistic in football uses the same sample size that makes i'm trying to i'm trying to absolutely well i mean you know it's in baseball i think there's more uh, historical runway here and this is why it's actually nice to be a a full shop dfs organization instead of doing just like one sport at a time because you know one thing i heard a long time ago that was a really good takeaway for me was the idea that like you know there's a lot of similar ideas across a lot of disciplines but the emphasis or the focus in certain disciplines will be greater and so you can learn important takeaways that might not be like the only important thing but can still be useful so uh the way i'd relate baseball to football here is that you can get things like say batting average which takes a really really long time uh to regress to the mean you know you can have a guy bat 340 for a season when he's a true talent 300 hitter without too much difficulty without too much good luck running on his side um on the same token something like say, uh, park factor or something like ground ball rate for a pitcher or, uh, you know, a swing and miss percentage, you know, things like that will tend to regress much, much more quickly, right? right. So uh, you you could look at three games and get a pretty reasonable sense of a pitcher's swing and miss percentage. You couldn't get anywhere near a reasonable sense of his ERA. <laughs> and football, I think, has that same issue where, um, and especially since in football, so much just comes down to what the team elects to do, right. like, if they decide, like Adam Thielen didn't get 19 targets by accident, right? It wasn't like they didn't look up at the end of the day and be like, Thielen had 19 targets the same way you would if someone hit four home runs in a game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think you want to be careful about using sample size because some sample size is going to be more than enough. 
even if it's just a single game. Like, how does a running back do with filling in for the starter? And some sample size, you're just going to want to slow your roll on. Like, uh, how many touchdowns per game, for instance. So, yeah, it's all very, very long way of saying I agree with you. But it's a, it's a way that many people would instantly improve their DFS football dramatically just by understanding which samples matter and which don't. Let's talk about some of these quarterbacks because we saw, um, I don't think we had anything crazy come out of quarterback play this week. I mean, other than Garoppolo going down, uh, we did see some rookies step up in pretty big ways. Baker comes in on Thursday night and and wins the game. Uh, Josh Rosen is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals going forward. He came in in the fourth quarter. And then obviously the aforementioned Bills with Josh Allen, uh, who just, he ran a ton. He threw threw some. Their defense helped them a lot. They He was more exciting than he probably was efficient. And it was good enough to win, so for sure. And, you know, they come in this week with a, still a pretty low implied total, all things considered. Though, I mean, they, yeah, were, only, they were only 12 last week. They're up to like 17 and a half or something like that. So um, so we have – so I, I guess I'll choose – you can pick where to start here. Because the, the ones I have here, I have the rookie quarterback. You know, what do we make of these guys? Uh, we had Wentz come back and look – you know, fine-ish at times. We had some quarterbacks uh, like Mahomes and Fitzpatrick that are just continue to keep up this unbelievable touchdown pace and with Fitzpatrick keeping up a yards pace that seems like it's brushing up on the historic. Where do you want to start with quarterback and some of the stuff that you saw in week three? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. You know, so from a fantasy perspective, uh, the big, you know, the most eye-catching thing to me was the reminder that Rushing just matters so much if you're trying to shoot the moon with upside. Uh, you saw three of the top four guys score a rushing touchdown. All of them had two rushing touchdowns, right. and that was Allen Newton and Drew Brees randomly comes out with two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, Newton, we talked about him. We highlighted him in the game-by-game game podcast last week. We talked about him as kind of the quintessential GPP play because sometimes he goes 15 for 24 for 150 yards, and you're just trying to cancel your Sunday evening plans because you just don't want to see anyone. And sometimes he just sprinkles in two rushing touchdowns yeah. and, and two passing touchdowns, and then you're sitting pretty on the price point, right? But some of, he is going to have those bad games, but for big tournament purposes, like it's going to be hard to deny uh, that he's going to be a good option for you there. And he didn't even realize some of the upside that he potentially has to, like you know, throwing passing touchdowns to McCaffrey and, and stuff like that. So I think uh, One th- that, that was a big takeaway for me. I mean, you're not going to be surprised about seeing Breeze and Ryan in the highest total game, topping the leaderboard. Maybe you don't expect them to be that good, combining for 80 fantasy points, but you know, it, it wasn't too, too, too surprising. Yeah, the Breeze thing is interesting. It's why sometimes it pays to like, just watch the game. I mean, you're not going to be talking yourself into Breeze for rushing touchdowns going forward if you know anything no. about football for sure. But his was you know, lucky that the Kamara touchdown gets called back right at the end, and he just kind of jumps over the line for one of them, and then a missed tackle on a ball where he kind of – on a kind of a break breakdown play where he sweeps out and then just spins around and kind of randomly gets in the end zone because he only had three total brushes. But I'm with you on Cam because Cam, that is the planet for them in the red zone. They are running these jet sweep kind of misdirections with McCaffrey and uh, not jet sweep, excuse me, uh, run pass options where they are, you know, he's kind of handing the ball. They had one play where he handed the ball off to McCaffrey. It was the longest you could have probably held the ball in someone's chest as you both are running different directions. And then at the last second, Cam just takes it back and runs. Like, so they're going to run, and they are running that kind of play a lot. Now, there are going to be times where Cam reads it the other way, and McCaffrey is going to score touchdowns. Like, I think that's going to happen. He carried the ball an unbelievable amount of times this week. If there was any question about whether McCaffrey is their plan on the ground, I think this week really wiped away that question mark. And uh, he's, I don't know how close, I know I'm skipping over to running back real quick, but just since we're talking about the Panthers, how close is he getting to, just that elite touch share that we want out of, you know, we've mentioned Gurley as being the only guy that we thought going into this week that was safe. Kamara 
gets there on the on the unbelievable amount of targets. And then we have McCaffrey who carries the ball in the high 20s. Where do you see him fitting in with that group uh, of guys in terms of how their plans, uh, team plans to use them? Yeah, I mean, I think he's in the conversation. You know, one reassuring thing about this game was we saw that the plan is basically to get McCaffrey his touches either way, right? Uh, when it makes sense to try to play catch up, he's going to get the absurd target share. Uh, you know, a game script that's going more in their favor, he's going to get an incredible amount of carries. So I think this totally dispels the idea that they are just averse to making him the true RB1, the true three down back. And yeah, it just looks like he's he's pretty much golden going forward. You know, we'll have to look at matchups, have to try to figure out, uh, you know, what exactly was so different about this game that they all of a sudden trusted him with these number of attempts? Or is it just that we're going to get him 25 touches a game regardless? And sometimes it's going to be on the ground. Sometimes it's going to be in the air. And we're just going to go with whatever's working better. But yeah, either way, it was very, very reassuring. And I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in McCaffrey as say, a top four back going forward at the very least. The, the knock on him going into the season was would, would he be able to run between the quote-unquote tackles? And that usually just means like running on early downs. I think that's... It's, that's, almost, it's rarely a great idea to run between the tackles. That's, that's, par, that's <laughs> basically parlance yeah. for like, um, are, you, are, are we going to run him on early downs? Like that's usually what the code no, word means. Uh, I will say for guys, for players with over 35 carries, because I'm going to knock Breida off this, and whatever, I'll, I'll use Breida because he has 32 carries. Um, so good players with over 30 carries this year, McCaffrey is the second best yards per attempt uh in in the league Rita has a crazy 8.56 and then McCaffrey at 5.9 and then Zeke at 5.7 and then there's a pretty significant dip down to like TJ Yeldon who's under five and then it it really kind of falls off a cliff after that so um from a yards per carry attempt uh standpoint McCaffrey is just about as good as you can be in the league and and that probably points to just using him in optimal situations so far right like they're just going to use him in maybe not obvious running downs if they feel like they can do that that they can just run maybe less than standard plays with him that they other teams don't feel like they have the option to. And I'm sure that just the cam factor is really probably screwing teams up too because knowing that he can take off at any time uh, and almost run like a tight end, basically, then uh, it has to it has to really <laughs> screw teams up. Uh, well, I'll jump back to quarterback. Any other quarterback play? I mean, I mentioned Mahomes and Fitzpatrick. Um, how much do we want to... Are we at a point where we just really need to continue boosting these guys' projections? Uh, they don't seem to be slowing down in terms of how efficient they are through the air and just how many fantasy points they score on a week-to-week basis to push them anywhere close to what they've actually done this year would be putting into like historic levels of well you would be assuming that they would be having the best seasons of all time well that's what i I mean i mean at what point do at what point do we i'm not saying we push them to that point but at what point do we continue to tick up their touchdown per attempt percentage their yards per attempt percentage because these are things that after three weeks simply aren't really coming down and i don't and I was, it was why I was kind of bearish to start on the homes. And every week it's been, I've been proven wrong since. And I just don't know. This is where I want, this is where, you know, what do we do with these guys' projections? Do we kind of keep it where they were? Or do we keep pushing them up because they just keep doing it? Mahomes coming off his lowest touchdown game of the season, by the way. So I don't know why you're all excited about the guy. So only three touchdowns. In a- <laughs> that's still way higher. I mean, that's the, per, per attempt, that's still way higher than I have, than we basically have for attempt. Of that's course, like right, yeah, right yeah. where it was. Obviously, Kareem Hunt, I'm, I'm using vultures didn't really vulture them but gets the doesn't really do anything and then scores two touchdowns but um yeah it's still three three touchdowns for like low 30s passing attempts is like you're that's still totally nuts yeah I think it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to watch Mahomes go up against a better defense this week uh going up against the Chargers Steelers and 49ers so far I think you know I I don't want to just keep making excuses for why he's been so good he's obviously just good and I was wrong after week one Uh, I agreed with the take that 
he just ran completely hot on touchdowns and there's nothing to it. There's obviously something to it. Uh, maybe he is making the right kinds of mistakes. Maybe it will come, cra- come crashing back down. Uh, I think, yeah, you can tick him up slightly. I think you can probably fairly safely assume that he'll be among the league leaders in touchdowns per attempt. Uh, I think you can probably pretty safely say that he deserves to be among the top guys in terms of price and all that kind of stuff, like in that top category, kind of based on matchup in any given week. When I see him in the top four with Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers, I still prefer all three of those guys, just on a strict, what I expect them, uh, fantasy points per game going forth for the rest of the season. I would probably, I would definitely take Breeze and Rodgers, and I think I could be talked into Brady as well, uh, even though Brady has looked real, real bad. <laughs> so oh, yeah. maybe maybe I'll come, come calling on that. I, I just... It's just so hard for me to believe that he's only going to throw touchdowns, never throw interceptions. I also do think in football, confidence matters. And when everything is just working, it's really easy to be confident. Uh, I'd like to see how he bounces back from one bad game. Uh, but yeah, he's he's better than I anticipated he would be for sure. And I'll probably still continue to fade him, perhaps to my own peril. But uh, I don't think he's the guy I want to pay the very most for. I don't think, for me, he's going to be worth sticking my neck out and getting the most expensive possible quarterback and going cheap elsewhere. And, and uh, that, I don't know, I, that has to be right at some point, right? <laughs> That's kind of I think in some ways we're some. saved again, not saved, but we, it, they're, they're the Monday night game this week. Kansas city is, so they're going to play Denver and I'm mm. not convinced that yeah, we got another week to try to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I'm not convinced Denver's a great defense either. They've like uh, Baltimore put up 27 on them. The Raiders who stink put up 19 and they allowed a 24 point game to Seattle in the first. I mean, these are not, they have not played good defense and they've let up points. Vegas sure does not think. So if we're using this as a, just a benchmark for what Vegas thinks of Denver, Kansas City basically has the exact same implied total this week against Denver on the road. So, I mean, take that for mm-hmm. what it's worth. They have a 30-and-a-half implied total. I think they were right at 31 last week at, in a home game against the Chargers. That would mean they think that, if I'm reading that correctly, the the general feeling would be either Kansas City's even better than they thought than folks thought they were going into week uh, three, or uh, Denver is just markedly worse on defense than the San Diego is because I think the home piece does factor into some of these lines. So um, I'm just not I, the, the the Denver defense is not I'm not totally I don't know, putting them in as the Denver defense of old. And again, it's a Monday night. Game, no, they're so. not the Denver defense of old. But I, th- I think they are probably a passing upgrade over the others. I don't know. You, you could be right. I think it's I think the Monday night thing is nice for people that are going to play Monday night. You have a limited player pool anyway, so just. Uh, you know, kind of continue to monitor the situation. If you want to run them for big upside on a really small slate, you can imagine that a lot of people are going to be trying to do the same thing. So, yeah, tread. Not, I don't know if you need to tread cautiously there, but just be aware that that's what's going to be going on. I guess, like, for me, too, it's so hard to know how these passing defenses work out from one year to the next. But last year, Denver allowed the fourth fewest passing yards overall. Mm-hmm. But they also just got killed constantly, so teams didn't need to pass on them as much. Um, so, yeah, I guess for me, it's more like a jury still out on the Denver defense situation. But I hear, I hear what you're saying, too. Definitely not the uh, 85 Bears or anything like that. Uh, moving into some of these other I – mean, just roll through some of these quarterback performances. We can talk a little bit more on this uh, when we talk cash games for this week and then game by yeah, game. We're already going long, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. We are. Quarterbacks only. This is a crazy week, man. There's a lot to break down from this week. This week is much different than last week sure. where we saw you know some smaller opportunities. There was a lot of guys with pretty big games. Watson gets there on his price, 385 and two touchdowns, yeah. but mostly because he just was playing from behind. Behind the entire second half and kind of throws like a late garbage time touchdown. Matt Ryan throws five touchdowns, uh, t- two to Calvin Ridley, who leads the team. No, he was not. He did not lead the team in targets. Um, 
let, I mean, let's save Ryan for the game to game breakdown because I think that'll be an interesting thing to look at target share yeah, and Ryan Atlanta, uh, going forward. Any besides, we mentioned McCaffrey at running back. Uh, we mentioned who else did we mention? Um, I think that's basically it, who we mentioned. Any of these running back performance? Chris Carson carries the ball 32 times. I'm really mad about this one. The, our system liked him from an opportunity standpoint on DraftKings because he was coming so cheap and it was hard to be bullish on his projection because of the debacle of him being tired of playing special teams the week before. <laughs> And yet, even at even at a really low number, his yards per attempt were really kind of garbage. But he still touched the ball 34 times. Seattle's not a great team, but I'm, how much do we want to make from a game like that? And then have some other guys like Carlos Hyde have big games. Anything that stands out to you from running back? Yeah, one of the things that kind of played out at running back this week was a, a return to a lot of high-opportunity guys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that... There are certain teams that are ready to give their running backs high opportunity, but only in positive game scripts. But uh, a lot of like relatively unexciting fantasy names wind up touching the ball 20 times or more. I mean, Adrian Peterson, just saying, two out of three weeks now, really, really good fantasy play. Yeah, I told you, it's the excellent. every other week thing with him. Like, now you got to give him a week off because he's like an old man. It's going to take him an extra week oh, to recover. Oh, you're chatter at this point. Careful. Are you, are you trolling other people's chat rooms and then you just like, bled I wrote about that. Practice? I wrote about that leading. That was the thing that he had shown from the previous year. When he touched the ball a lot in a given game, he sucked the next week. Again, it was on the Cardinals, so it's hard to tell, but... It did happen. I like I you know, it'd be interesting to see he touched the ball nineteen times this game. Maybe that's not a big enough number. I don't really know. But it was definitely a every other game kind of thing for him when he touched the ball a lot. And it's Adrian Peterson. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I get that that sounds sort of like hyperbole or just made up stat and I don't know. I looked it up before it happened, so it's maybe a little confirmation bias for me. Wait, are the Redskins on a bye? Is this a bye week? Oh, yeah. Totally yeah, yeah, it is a bye week. There's only two teams. Oh, yeah, on right. a bye. Okay, good. Because he's not showing up in our system. So okay, so it doesn't matter, never mind. Um, so he'll be back. So he'll have a week of no carries. So Doug's theory of uh, when he comes back yeah. without the touches, he'll be good again. Uh, but yeah, guys like Chris Ivory, I mean, I think we could probably totally write off the Bills rushing attack if they're going to randomly just be up by probably the most that they'll be up all season. And their running back gets 23 touches and does next to nothing with it, except for you know kind of getting lucky on a yards per reception basis. But uh, not excited about Chris Ivory. Jordan Howard's a guy that our system is going to probably want to flirt with going forward after touching the ball 26 times. Uh, he did punch in a touchdown. was about as humanly bad as humanly possible on the yards per attempt at just 2.5 yards per carry on 24 attempts. Like It seems like if you're coaching the Bears, you're probably not going to be able to just stick him in there and watch that happen 24 times a game. But, you know, I've been proven wrong in the past. Carlos Hyde's another one. So basically we saw the only running back that anyone... There were two running backs that anyone was probably excited about on the on a carries basis that had a lot of touches, and that was McCaffrey and Gurley. And then if you want to throw in just ridiculous, truly off-the-charts target share for Alvin Kamara, something like I've never seen in my entire life, 20 targets out of the passing game for a running back. I I'm trying to think I've seen that out of the just as a receiver to say nothing of the, the 16 carries he had on top of it. Uh, but I'll, that's another one where I'll just take my lumps and say I didn't think we had a a 31 touch game coming out of Kamara either. So I guess it would be those three guys, McCaffrey, Gurley, and Kamara that are going to be in that conversation going forward as like the safe cash game sort of place. Yeah, uh, I think I stand there with you. I think we're going to see because there's a sort of a dearth of running back. This week there are some interesting guys. Kamara jumps his price up to 9,100. Um, this is the last week with no Ingram. He comes back in week five off the suspension. So if you think if the plan seems to be Kamara and Thomas are guys that are just going to touch the ball all the time, whether it's through the air or on the ground, then Kamara is touching back up to like that 20. I mean, I have him for 22, 
total touches this week, which would be obviously way low compared to what he did last week. And he's looking like he's a guy that's in all the lineups to start. And I haven't really done a full audit, but usually when the most expensive guy is showing up in a matchup, then that's tends to be a guy who really just ends up sticking around. Um, other quarter, uh, let's see, Carlos Hyde, second overall in the league in total attempts this year. What do we make of that? The yards per attempt have been not good. He's got four touchdowns, though, so he's right up there with the league leader in touchdowns. Second most attempts. They get a new quarterback. You have to you have to feel like the quarterback at least upgrades the offense in Baker Mayfield um, over Tyrod Taylor in terms of just maybe keeping defenses honest through the passing game. What do we make of the Browns' offense going forward with Hyde and, then we'll, uh, excuse me, Hyde and Mayfield now, uh, and then we can get over to wide receiver quick before we get out of here? Yeah, you have to love the touches for Hyde right now. There's no question about it. Um, you, I guess you wonder if them staying in two of their first three games is a fluke or if it's just what we can expect going forward. But yeah, I mean, 17 touches in the Saints game too. Like this guy is a pretty prominent usage guy right now. The one thing, the, the fly in the ointment as it were, is that he still hasn't been very effective on a per-touch basis. And so, you know, you really like him because he's getting the goal line carries uh, you really like the volume they're giving him in good games. Uh, you know, this Oakland game doesn't rate to be too bad of a matchup, I wouldn't imagine. And it's really tough with guys that are so bad on a per-carry basis. Like, we've seen this. I'm trying to think of, of a good example from past seasons. But, like, you know, guys like Lamar Miller come to mind. People that have been there on the touch basis. There have been some backups that have, have checked this box, too, that are just slipping my mind right now. But they'll get there on the touch basis, but then... You know, all of a sudden when it's like 14 touches and then it's like 47 yards, then you're just really, really, really sad. So uh, I can't be too bullish about Hyde going forward, but he's definitely one worth keeping an eye on. And, and obviously, like for big tournaments, if you're the goal line back and you're getting that many touches, you really do have that three touchdown game in you. The, the random game where you break the 40 yard run and all of a sudden it's 140 yards on the ground. So worth keeping an eye on, but probably... I wouldn't feel super comfortable just yet putting him in cash games. I'll tell you right now, I, this line has to have moved already. Um, I, we're going crazy long here. Maybe never going to get to wide receivers. But uh, the, the Raiders open as minus three home favor against the Browns. I I just went over to an offshore book that I'm not going to mention here. But like, because um, I got like a, I don't know, a weird email from there. Because we don't have advertising dollars coming <clears> from That's true. But like, um, that seems insane to me. Browns are 10 days off looking, 10, 10 days off because they had the, the Thursday night game. Um, Raiders coming back across the country. The Raiders are horrible. They lost again. Uh, they're 0-3. I don't know where that line comes from, but that line is already two points down. So I wonder if we see this thing get back down to sort of even by the time everyone gets on here. Because I, hmm. I rarely have a line that like for football that jumps out to me and be like, this just seems completely wrong here. And the, Ra- the Browns and Raiders, I think the Browns are just better than their record shows and especially just getting a clear quarterback upgrade and i think the raiders yeah, one one and one not a bad record i think the raiders stink <laughs> and one one and one they could be three and oh like there's no there's no doubt about it with a coach that wasn't just the all-time worst this team would be three and oh like uh they got as bad as quarterback plays you can get and they just and they still were kind of in game so i think this team with baker anyway the line's already moved right, do, any let's do real quick any any receivers that stood out to you we'll get out of here don't, we don't need to rush dude we got uh, we got a little bit of time here okay sorry buddy our football listeners are used to the megapod so I think we can, you know, collect ourselves here, continue to progress forward. I will say from running back purposes, the, the last note on that before I jump into some receiver notes I have. The names, like, you know, I, I wrote this big article about it last week, cited the single the single 20-yard attempt guy, or the single 20-attempt guy as being the lowest that I could find going back. And the five 20-attempt guys from week one being the second lowest from last season. This week we saw 20-attempt guys. That number's a little bit misleading because of course you also had Kamara you had a few guys with 19 carries and three targets or whatever so uh, you did see a a slight return to the greater number of carries but still almost none of these guys atop this list 
I don't think anyone is going to be too excited about jamming Chris Carson, Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, Chris Ivory, even Peterson, Marshawn Lynch, like Alex Collins. I don't think, I still think we're in a state where paying for safety at running back is still going to rule the day for you if you played Gurley and Kamara and just went in that direction and paid up and went a little bit cheaper at wide receiver this week. You were very, very happy, and that was sort of a chalk approach. So I think that's still where I'm sitting with running back, trying to take premium guys and then really good filling guys to, to fill in around them. And that's just kind of where my head's at with it. Uh, as we move over to wide receiver, this was a, a really strange position this week as well because fresh off of you know anointing wide receiver as being the safest position of all time, we saw a, a real decline in terms of like the huge volume, great game, wide receivers that you could have had any chance of predicting. (laughs) And uh, we still saw Michael Thomas. I mean, I wonder what Michael Thomas thinks when he's like, I'm just going to catch every single ball you throw to me. And he can still, I could say, only get 10 targets. But like, if you're going to go 10 for 10, I would have liked to see more targets. 95% conversion rate for Thomas this year uh, through three games. 38 for 40. The best play you can do in football is throwing the ball to Michael Thomas and you can only find a way to do it 10 times a game. It just makes my stomach turn a little bit, but uh, we'll move on from that. And I guess the big the big question a wide receiver for me is how much are you going to trust these breakout quarterback situations? Uh, like, are you going to trust Jarvis Landry to you know with a new quarterback at 15 targets last game? Are you going to trust him going forward? Are you going to trust Mike Evans? You know, like with Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Evans went back to not having a great conversion rate last week, but six catches for 137 and a touch. Like, we're getting to a situation where. He just might be the real deal. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster with another high-target, high-yardage week. So there's a lot of these sort of up-and-comers that are competing with the very top guys. And the guys that we thought were slam dunk, absolute no-brainer, the most targeted guys in the NFL, none of those guys appeared in the top 10 in terms of fantasy points or yards or targets. So that was a... you know, I, I hate when things get uncertain, and that's kind of the direction it feels like it's going for me. One right thing now. you're seeing too is, I mean, not Thomas so much. Although, if you want to count Kamara as just a receiver, then maybe this does uh, this does kind of cut into Thomas. That's cheating. I'm just talking about people at the wide receiver position. But if you, <laughs> but if you look at the if you look at the guys that we thought were we, or we, we considered to be the top upper tier usage wide receivers, that would be Thomas. Uh, so maybe Kamara is definitely cut into some of that usage, um, maybe on a week-to-week basis. We definitely... Ju- you can't play him a wide receiver. De- Talk about definitely Juju, Juju uh, and Antonio Brown. Now, they actually are t- two and four in the league in overall targets this season. To come on the same team just means that they... I mean, obviously... Pittsburgh's been passing a ton. We saw Julio. Steelers have done that in the past too, yep. by the way, with like Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. That, that's nothing new for them to just pick two guys and throw it to them every time. Yep. They uh, and then we saw you know Calvin Ridley obviously cut into, especially from the touchdown standpoint, cut in to Julio's uh, overall performance this week. I don't know if that's something that's a that's a week over week gain for Ridley. So you have to assume that that's just Ryan getting more comfortable and. It just makes our offense better to have. That's the other thing too. It makes these teams' offenses better to have these second guys because it really. It's going to make the defenses just have to stay more honest with how they cover them, uh, and that could mean just more targets get spread out to players who are just going to find themselves, especially from smart quarterbacks, they're going to find themselves in plus EV matchups um, when you have when you when you have when you know a team has to just pay so much attention to guys like Julio, to guys like Antonio Brown, to DeAndre Hopkins, who you know has Will Fuller there. He saw ten targets or eleven targets this week. If there's going to be this emergence of I don't know Robins to these guys teams, Batman's, then I, it's going to it's going to make me a little skeptical on the target share for some of the top tier guys going forward. Not not crazy, but each of these guys seem to have another guy out there that's putting up pretty good numbers. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it's also tricky because while these other guys are putting up pretty good numbers, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, overreaction parties 
when it comes to some of these names coming up. Like people are going to look at Calvin Ridley and be like, oh my God, this guy led all receivers in fantasy scoring last week. I, I should just play him no matter what going forward. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he also was in the game with the highest total in the best possible situation yep. um, in a game that the other team happened to be scoring a ton. So, you know, the targets for everybody went up and he got eight targets. He managed to convert all seven, like seven of those eight too, which probably, I mean, most receivers don't convert 88% of their passes and, you know, just turn, uh, was it, yeah, 18 yards a target. That was the third highest in the NFL, I think, among, yeah, all receivers. Yeah, according to our Great leaderboard, by the way. If you go to dfsr.com, our free leaderboard with stats is really, really good at breaking down stats from a week-to-week basis. But so guys like him, I you know I kind of went line by line on him. Other guys that people will overreact to, Jordy Nelson had a very similar line, eight total targets, but managed to break off what was it like a 66-yard touchdown? Oh, he had like the best three the plays in like the first like NFL history. He was like he was <laughs> so at 136 crazy. plays before the game before people even sat down in their seats. Uh, it was like yeah, three catches for 136 yeah. in his first three targets. Uh, Ridley also had the 75-yard touchdown. Uh, Mike Williams, another guy who put up a big fantasy total. Uh, Tyler Boyd was was a brutal one. He was basically free on FanDuel. Doesn't wind up making our optimal lineup. Uh, didn't have to score a 49-yard touchdown as far as I was concerned last week, but but managed to. It was still solid overall. But anyway, a lot of these guys, one of the things I've learned from DFS in the past is that that six to eight targets, especially if it wasn't if it's not coming off a six to eight target week from the previous week, that can turn into four targets really, really quick. Mm-hmm. So just be careful. You know, you don't want to pay. Right now, Ridley is, I think he's like 6,200 on FanDuel. That's probably still reasonable. You probably don't want to pay 7,200 for a guy like that. So uh, that's my major takeaway. Be excited about these guys. Really think about how they influence the various situations. Realize that for most of these guys, you're super, super excited about. It almost always works out that you're seeing their best week of the season, not the sign of things to come. So, I think the guy that we're buying you know, lowest. I'm, I'm just the biggest wet blanket ever when it comes to these big breakout performances. I realize, but uh, that's my job here. You know, I think the biggest uh, the biggest mover we're going to see among this group of high target guys in terms, especially in terms of conversion rate, is Landry. Um, I think if there's a guy that's going to move. Mm. Maybe his targets don't move that much, but his conversion rate moves because you're just getting a better more accurate, stronger arm throwing to him. This guy is already crazy in terms of targets. He's in the top. Yeah, he's in there's a he's in five overall. He's got to be in the top three. He's five yeah. overall with a 54% conversion rate. This is a guy that was very, that converted a lot of balls last year. Um, just if he has anyone with any accuracy throwing to him. And we saw we saw Baker basically forcing the ball at times into him uh, in that Thursday night game. I think if there's a guy that we're buying low on in the group of elite target share guys, it's Landry because I don't think there's any chance Let's put it this way. There's no chance that his his conversion rate goes down from 54%, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. I mean, is there, is, he's 7,000 on FanDuel. This is a guy that I'm, I've, I'm already kind of really talking myself into as probably a pretty strong cash game play because he's running bad in all the areas that he only stands to improve in uh, going forward. Any other final thoughts on t- tight ends? Uh, you want to wait for that till uh, cash games or uh, talking the end of the week game by game breakdown, or does anything stand out to you? We did get Ertz back. Uh, for Wentz, he had a lot of targets, didn't convert them. Ebron dropped two touchdowns. I don't know. Any any final thoughts on tight end? Oh, I have one more wide receiver. Oh, go ahead. So, and then finish off with that. Too bad for you. Uh, and then I'll, then I'll scoot over to have one quick tight end thought as well. Uh, the only other one was uh, don't sleep on Robert Woods. You know, this is a guy, like I talk about some of these guys that have come out of nowhere and started doing it. Uh, Woods has been a highly targeted guy by Goff basically since Goff took over the starting role. And uh, just converts 10 more balls into catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns. He wound up being one of the highest scoring guys in the week. But, you know, just kind of in that weird middle range price that 
a lot of people get scared off by, but, I, but I'm continuing to be a Woods believer, and I, I think you could see that price come up. The, the one tight end note that I really wanted to make for this week was to discuss Eric Ebron. Uh, this is a case where I think people react to a small sample size in the, in the wrong sort of way. So, you know, we played him in cash. He was god-awful. He also was targeted 11 times, which led all tight ends. And if you can get the, mo- the single most targeted tight end in any given week, it's almost always incorrect to not play them <laughs> and uh unless they're like in the gronk level of pricing but even if it's just 5500 this week if his situation remains the same if he's going to get 11 targets i mean he won't get 11 targets a game no matter what but if he's going to get say nine targets a game you can't make too much out of the five catches for 33 33 yards because i mean we saw that he can do more than that even in previous weeks you know, he had a touchdown in each of the previous two weeks when he wasn't even a starter, right? So he dropped I think two. bigger things he, are to come for Ebron. He straight up dropped two touchdowns in this game. Uh, so if you if you're looking at like red zone usage right. was there um, one. If you want to call it batted away, I guess it was batted away a little bit. The, the 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 looks were there. They were both balls were in his hands before just hitting the turf. So um, this game and now again the, the eleven targets. Four of them came on just the final drive, I think, where they were just trying to get down the field to throw a Hail Mary. A one And actually, one more thing about this, because this is probably worth mentioning with Colts receivers in general. It's a, it was a pretty big indictment, and kudos to the announcers for saying at the time, it was a pretty big indictment on Andrew Luck's arm strength that he was not the guy who threw the Hail Mary at the end of the game. They brought in Cody Brissett, or excuse me, I don't know if he said Cody, uh, Jacoby Brissett to come in and throw the final Hail Mary, Hail Mary that was about 60 yards. And so... Uh, that's just not really something that happens with starting quarterbacks. So if you, and especially guys, I mean, if you're worried about his arm strength and his ability to throw downfield and really spread out defenses, uh, they just they, they they telegraphed in the most obvious way that you really don't ever get a situation like this. They just said you can't throw the ball this far, so bring in the guy that can throw the ball this far. Uh, and if that's going to be the case, it's just going to make those underneath underneath routes for guys like Ebron, assuming Doyle is out uh, for Ebron. Uh, Ty has been running a lot of underneath stuff too. So um, I just think that I think the I think the conversion rate will still be there, and I'm still worried about just the overall yards because I guess I mean the guy can't throw. They just said that you can't you don't have the physical ability to throw 60 or 65 yards or whatever this is going to be. So um, anyway, any final thoughts here? Uh, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we'll be back again for cash games and game by game. Do you have any kind of stuff before you? Do I allow you to get it all out? Yeah, you finally let me get it all out, so thanks a lot. You are welcome. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com slash deals will get you that free trial uh, that's special for podcast listeners only. It's a $5 per month discount for the life of your, the life of your uh, subscription. Uh, optimal apps for FanDuel and DraftKings NFL. NHL right around the corner starting next week. NBA coming too. A lot of interesting stuff going on. We cover it all in their one subscription package. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com slash deals dfsr.com slash deals. All right, buddy, be back again Thursday talking cash game, Friday talking game by game. See you later, alligator. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%, APR 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. 8.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33.